All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to It's Up There podcast, your number one place for business and podcasting. Rank number 36 in the motherfucking world. Sit back, turn up the volume on your phone, and enjoy the show with your homie and host, Big Loon. Welcome to another episode of It's Up There Podcast I am your active and attractive host For another episode of the fastest growing podcast on the market right now We have peaked at number 36 in regards to the music category Completely independent only with this face that you see currently on the screen I take that as a very, very, very good sign in regards to my people and when I say my people, I always tell people, customers and fans are different. People that support you and just the onlookers are different. You got to be able to distinguish these things. And this right here is what places you in a position to be at the forefront of not only being at the curve of where the culture is going, but understanding that and being influential in where it heads. And so for me, I understand I got customers and I got fans. Right And when I say one of mine I mean one of the people that can even understand What I'm saying I know for mine it seems like you can just Pass this on to somebody And they supposed to catch on But a lot of times they ain't one of us You know they ain't got the understanding you got And they ain't got the understanding to be able to climb Or go down Maybe they too smart You know But whatever the case may be is They can't um 
we can't communicate on the same level in regards to in regards to uh, 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 them understanding what this is that I do and how it resonates with the people, right? Um, and so more and more, my people is coming. And they ain't exclusively my people. I want to be clear with that. That's another problem with you podcasters, rappers, all you dudes that's uh, 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 getting your money off the backs of the consumer, right? far as not product for sale, celebrity for sale. All of you guys that got celebrity for sale and maybe music, right? But it's a lot of that out there. So you leverage your celebrity to get your music. So then your music is pretty good because you've been doing it a while. It's science, right? But anyway, um, a lot of y'all think these people is exclusively yours. You know. Hey, man, I know y'all can listen to me, listen to uh, a Big Bang, listen to Joe, listen to Charlemagne, listen to uh, uh, Wallow, listen to Gilly, listen to, um, you know, all kind of, you know, podcasts and different guys out there. I know that that's a thing, right? I ain't stupid enough to think they're exclusively mine, right? And some of y'all getting your feelings and you don't want to. Right, so let me let me let me also speak to this because it's important that I clarify my understanding. Because I, I understand now as I'm doing this more and more that the internet is a place where the loss get found. Right? So they 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 take what you say, they remove context, and they present it in a way that matches the narrative that they're trying to push. I'm I'm hoping y'all can keep up with me. I'm just starting, I ain't even warmed up yet, right? But um they tend to they 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 tend to think that um that they can't share that they don't want to share these these fans. Let me be clear, I know the value of customers. I know the value of visibility, I understand reach and range. So when I speak, I never speak from a position of not capitalizing off uh, um, your situation on any level, whether that be rich or poor, right? Whether you be the richest of the rich, I still believe and stand on that you ought to be able to capitalize off what it is that you bring to the world, whatever invention or innovation that may be, right? I don't take that from an individual, Um. So so oftentimes when I say give somebody a handoff, some of the people that's, that, that's at the top take that and say, why would I do that when I took this amount of time to build this fan base and I took all this time? Right, so let me respond to that before that's presented. You, you must understand that there are 16, 17 ways to win the game. When you align yourself with these objectives, right? It makes me consider or it makes me examine, right? What you really are in it for. And you say, well, what I'm in it for don't matter. I I need you to understand something. Not for me exclusively, but the people that put you in the position that you're in may want to know that when you get in that position, you're going to shut all the doors and, and act like it's just you, right? If they had that information prior to, maybe they would have adjusted their decision, right? Maybe. I think that that's 
very important information to know that someone has somewhat of a selfish uh, behavior in regards to this kind of business, right? Because we need people in position that's willing to put other people in position. Because each one teach one, one hand wash the other, both wash the face, right? We It's the big niche model. All my homies rich, then when I fall, they get me back on. It's, it's, it's the, right? So we know that game. So when I see one of you guys that it feels like that you want to run in the door and slam it, right? Don't even leave it cracked. Don't even leave a a, a a mail slot where somebody can drop an envelope of money in there with a number. Just shut the door. Right? It's important that we examine that from a high level. So when we look at people and we say, all right, you in that position, not because I put you there. I want to be clear with that too, but because the people put you there. And the people that put you there were unaware that when you get there, yo. Your response not only to them but to your counterparts and their nephews and nieces or people that may need information just to climb the ladder. But you become so bougie, you used to come out and give hot dogs and hamburgers and waters. We ain't saw you in a while when you became a millionaire. That's why I haven't done it because once I do it, we can never stop that no matter what's happening. And I like to be hanging on head. In my stuff because a lot of people do things and represent me in a way that I don't want to be represented. Sometimes they go a little too gangster with it. Sometimes they go a little too creative with it. It's a science, a sweet science where I like to land that or try to anyway. But you must have forgot about the other part of the game where you can you can go to the Hall of Fame for assist. Matter of fact, you can play longer when you don't. Shoot as much, right? That jumper gonna start to fade. Your competition gonna get faster, you as you age, right? So when you go to depending on assists, and they say, "Well, he's still getting seventeen assists a game. He may be worth still top dollar, right?" You gotta understand that. Nonetheless, if you listening to the audio version of this podcast and you want to. Uh, Tap into the video version. I need you to head over to FOGFO TV on YouTube. We we upload all of, uh, of our episodes there in the playlist. If you are looking at the video version of this podcast and you want to check out the audio, I need you to head to anywhere you get podcasts. You type in it's up there podcast and we should pop up and then we're gonna get you where you need to go in regards to the game. Um Patreon. Subscribe to our Patreon. It's a it's a it's lit. Leaving it there. Um, go and get some merch. It's important to get your merch. Um, we we selling people are buying merch. I really appreciate it. Uh, shout out to my my supporters, man. Y'all make me feel as though um, as though I'm doing something right. And for that, I for that I thank y'all, man. For real, for real. Now, um, we need everybody to share on Instagram. Screen record something I said you like. Share. It. Let them folks, yeah, you know, put people down. Let them know what's going on. We appreciate that because um, word of mouth is so important in this industry. So important. Um, it's a lot to talk about in regards to the game uh, this week. 
You know, these guys do a lot um, in regards to the culture. It's a lot going on. I do want to spend some time on something, right? Let me just speak about social media and the effects of it. And also, me, as I evaluate my elevation in regards to my communication and my um, just me growing as a human being, a man, just as a, a real dude, right? That's the head, not the tail. So I'm saying, and see... When I say that, I need you to understand that I say that with conviction. And there's people from my past, right? There's a few people from my past that placed me in a unique situation. Because the picture that they've painted in their minds about me, I think they've started to believe. When I look at things and I look at the response sometimes that people give, right? And I say, you can't, you really believe that because you said this for a long time. And for me, it's unclear where you get your information from, right? I know it's hatred mixed in there. I know it's hate in there and there's some other things in there that cause you to view me through lenses that um, don't represent the truth. It's unfortunate for you to live that way, right? It's unfortunate for you to have to. Look yourself in the mirror and, and say I'm a lie about somebody. What really tickles me or trips me out is the ones that see you spending money. Know what you're doing costs money. Know everything about you, save money, spend money, right? But what they're willing to do is go against their eyes, right? They're willing to tell themselves that or not even tell themselves because they know. And I'm going to point out a hypocrisy, right? That tends to happen when you deal with people that play this tennis match with you. They know what's going on. They know, right? So what happens is you go to wondering, like, what you, what, what make you, how you, how, where do you come up with this shit? You see what I'm saying? But this is the reaction that they want. If you got a million dollars, then why you ain't gave, you know, done this or done that, right? They want, they want the reaction that they want there. Man, y'all got me fucked up, man. Y'all calling me broke on, on the internet. I'm going to spend all my money. I'm finna show you bitches today. I'm spending every dime I can, everything I got loose right here. I'm blowing that about y'all playing with me. I'm really trying to talk wealth, man. What games they playing out here What people doing this kind of thing? I'm talking wealth talk, man. I'm talking wealth talk. And you, and, and you don't understand that I'm spending thousands of dollars on equipment. Thousands of dollars marketing. Thousands of dollars here. You know my house is a mansion damn near. I got a... Everything about me is moving and they, you, you look behind me, ain't nobody there. It ain't nobody there. So you better understand that when you look at me, you see power. Not your kind of power, my kind of power. See, where they get it wrong is they forget that what I'm doing don't need to work for you. Whatever I'm doing, home, whatever I'm doing... Don't need to work for nobody but me. And somewhere along the lines, people get that confused because they go to saying, 
what are you doing? Da, 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 da. You da, 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 da. It's like, yo, I'm winning. I got trophies, championship rings, and everything that a winner got. Everything the winners got, I got. And the hater make you call me a loser. It's unfortunate for you that I don't put any value in what anyone says. About me. Now, I take information in on the daily. I always told y'all I'm in Bluetooth mode. It's important for me to point that out for the people that mimicking me. I don't want you to think I'm, I'm walking around just some kind of how. It's by design. It ain't by chance. Right? So everything about me say money, progress, profit, pinnacle, potential. And the hater make you call me a loser. I call them suicide thoughts, man, because it ain't no way in the world you ain't trusting that. I don't know, but you know what? It's so many people that want to be next to so many people that that's a whole nother conversation. But I'll let that stay there, man. I wanted to give y'all a little game about that simply because I'm tapped in. And I'm tapped in from a level where they can't tap in. They've been doing too much. They've been involved with too much. They ain't took no time out. I took a time out. And what that time out did for me was let me get my game right. See, they've been just playing, 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 playing. They got momentum confused with, 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 with progress. They got momentum confused with progress. Y'all just been in the game forever. See what I'm saying? But I'll move on. Um, I want to talk about two. Let's see. I want to talk about Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, right? For those of you that may be unaware, Joe Rogan just had got um, contracted uh, coronavirus, COVID-19. And um, he treated it aggressively in a way where uh, he, he's one of those ones. Let's just say this. For main, mainstream media, he's one of those people that's been putting out a different opinion than the masses, right? So he's been one to stress, hey, why they not talking about exercise? He's been talking about, um, I think it's Ibogaine. Um, he's talked about um, different medicines, right? He has He's had doctors on and certain things. So when he caught it, it was prime time for them to say, all right, let's see what, what happened with Rogan. Nonetheless, it's also not only for the agenda in regards to to that specific uh, disease. I'm trying to dance around those hot words because they immediately demonetize certain things. But um, not only around that disease, right? Just around the power and the influ influence from someone that doesn't share all of those talking points with them. It's important that they squash him and try to debunk him when he says something. His reach is already more influential than a lot of those shows. But there's a certain list of people that still don't know him. And he's trying to tap into that daytime television Person, And that's where they discredit him at. Again, I keep telling y'all, it's so many ways to win the game. A lot of y'all think the only way to win the game is by you scoring. And that's where you always fall victim to 
to to to those other scenarios. Right, you box yourself in. One of the, I think it's the four day laws of power that tell you isolation is dangerous. But you must be. I'm telling you this. You must be critical of your company. They didn't say this. There's me adding to that. Isolation is dangerous, but be critical of your company. Right. So, um, again, with his reach being where it's at, with him being such an influential character in regards to. His fan base, his customer, his supporter, his the person he's talking to. They hate that sometimes because you got to think he dance on the other side sometimes with with Alex Jones and uh, with some of the conspiracy theory things he he said. I keep telling y'all he's the biggest podcast on the world in the world though. But for some reason, a lot of people I bump into they don't they never heard they don't really. I'd be like, you the Joe Rogan, he the big dog. They'd be like, Joe Rogan, the big dog, made the biggest one. So, Joe Rogan, I'm putting you into the black community. I'm letting people know, even when you sit next to these rappers, they ain't interested in what these rappers be saying a lot of the times. A lot of the times, they ain't interested in these rappers when they sit next to somebody like dude, because dude gonna, he, see, this is the thing, even when Kanye sat with him, it was a situation where, it was it was kind of awkward. You see what I'm saying? It was kind of an awkward dance. Even though they stood there for a while, it was still awkward if you know Rogan and you know Kanye and you're a student of the game. You see? Um, but again, his place in the news cycle without being a part of that mainstream media is very, very, very slippery for them. And that's why you see them do certain things. I'm going to play a clip with Rogan talking about um, when he first got better, he's kind of talking about, you know, what happened. And I want you to be clear of him fighting back with his platform. He didn't tweet it. See, this is what we run wrong at. He didn't tweet it. He didn't Instagram it. He didn't nothing because he know they fighting in a different arena. This is a different thing. So they're going to use they however many million people. And I got to come out and respond with it with my people. Give my people something to run off with. Because the same way they got blogs that's going to repress theirs. And blogs that's on my side is going to repress mine. So again, understanding what's happening here and why things are happening. He could have responded on Instagram. He got a lot of followers. But this gives him a chance to really explain it and really put in context what they're doing and it was something else he did right after that using his platform see using his platform right after that he bought uh brought um uh, eric is it weinstein or, or is it brett it might have been brett weinstein and another woman there and they they talked that talk talk they talked that mainstream talk talk like that 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 um what kind of word can I put on it? Just that mainstream, like, you know, they use all them little words and everything. They wanted them. So he brought them in to kind of even strengthen what he was saying about they lying about me and lying about this. He called them out by name, but just pay attention. And this part of the podcast, if you if you here for the, the hood talk, that's coming, right? I'm examining things in the street. You go on down some more. But I'm going to play you a little bit of this. And let you see exactly uh, how he handled it and what he said. No, do you? They're making shit up. They keep saying I'm taking horse dewormer. I literally got it from a doctor. It's an American company. Mm -hmm. 
It's uh, it, They won the Nobel Prize in 2015 for use in human beings. Yeah. And CNN is saying I'm taking horse dewormer. Yeah. What? So well, they must know that that's a lie. There's a lot of people saying it. <laughs> right, but a lot of people can say it. Okay. Yeah. Like the internet says it. Who cares? Sure. But, but CNN is right. saying it. Like Jim Acosta. But I meant like uh, like USA Today. As a name. Yeah, nice and they're talking of, of, about ivermectin. Right? Yeah. So what? Because I don't know. I just saw ivermectin. So I'm sorry. News. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, I talked. Let me. Let me. I'm, I said ibogaine. That was wrong. That's something else. You can Google that if you want to. That's a whole nother conversation. Ivermectin is what they were talking about. It is some sort of kind of um, horse deworm or some. It, it has some base of that in it, right? So now when it having that base. They come on out and rush to, hey, man, this ain't no good. What he doing is he tripping. Dude, crazy, man. He got horse dewormer. This horse dewormer. And also, the news tries to make sure they stick next to the facts. So they ain't lying, but they ain't telling the truth. Right? They ain't lying, but they ain't telling the truth either. It's a weird dance they, they're able to do. They're pretty swift. Do you mean check on you and see if you're all right? And you're like, <laughs> you, you, you threw the kitchen sink at it, you said, yeah. which was stuff that, you know, you took... IV drips and was it mono what mono monoclonal antibodies and that what is monoclonal antibodies it's the shit they gave Trump okay yeah and then what so who said or did you already want ivermectin like well I had this guy on Dr. Pierre Corey and he is uh, what is the organization he's from frontline crit COVID critical care workers he's a well established doctors treated thousands of people with COVID and they've uh, the, early on the pandemic, they found some good uh, efficacy with uh, with with um, ivermectin. And also, let me let me put you down on what they're saying too. They also saying the reason why they pushing back on what Rogan is saying is because there's no patent, there's no patent on that drug. That means. Or there's something with the patent. Let me not make a mistake in my communication of what the scenario is because I'm subject to say some things that may be like I just got the name wrong. So let me be careful with what I'm saying. There's some sort of issue with the patent attached to this medicine in which people couldn't exclusively eat off of it. So that puts them in a situation to say, nah, you know, we stand to make billions trillions of dollars off this move so push back off that go with this this is what the conspiracy of this is so i want to be clear with that so you understand well why would they do that that's why they would do that according to conspiracies frontline 19 critical care alliance okay yeah um so I had him on and, you know, he had talked to me about it. It's not, he's not the only doctor that told me to take it. Multiple doctors told me to take it. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's supposed to have, uh, what is the exact thing it's supposed to do? There's, there's something that I highlighted. Um, th and this is obviously, I'm not a doctor. It says I ivermectin was found to be a blocker of viral uh, replica, replicase, R E P L I C A S E protease, and I don't know what this word is. Human T M P R S S two. See that? I don't know. 
But what they didn't highlight yeah. is that's why he had to go get the Weinstein them because they can dance with all that. Because on CNN they dancing right through that. It's set set up and see that's where they got us at in regards to uh, us communicating on this level and them communicating in such a structured environment where they're able to hand off certain tidbits of information, hand off. Uh, uh, pronunciation of words and certain things they're able to communicate real quick on the fly, right? And then you just there trying to dance with them. That's why he's careful with it, but he's bringing people, he's bringing his anchors on, so to speak, that's able to speak that language. Is that I got better? Yeah, you got better quickly. They try to make it seem as if, like, I'm doing some wacky shit that's completely ineffective. Right. CNN was saying that I'm a distributor of misinformation. Also, that was the other thing that happened. The I, w- I want to be clear on that. See, he skipped past that, but that's very important. For them to label him a distributor of misinformation, you got to understand what that's doing. Because the auntie or the granny or the mother that's watching CNN that'll never know uh, go down and dig in the Joe Rogan or, or Loon, it's up there podcast, or Joe Budden or Charlemagne or Big Bang. They they won't go in and dig into those. All they know is what such and such on the news said. And I promise you one thing about that mainstream, there's still some people alive. Soon this won't be the case. But there's still some people alive that take mainstream media like it's God's word, like like it's straight out the Bible. You see what I'm saying? Like I was talking uh, to my mother the other day, and they're talking about vaccines, and I can't tell her not to get one, you know, because if something happens, then I feel like I never forgive myself. So we just trusting, you know, I'm just trusting her instinct, and um, and I'm sticking by and standing by, right? Even though as they try to mandate it, that's another conversation I gotta speak on. Nonetheless, um. As, as she's getting it, you know, she's got one of the vaccines. I think it's two shots. She told me, well, I'm going to get the immune, the booster. I said, Mama, why? I'm, I mean, you know, not why, but I said, think about this. Why would you need a booster? Uh, any other vaccine, you don't need a booster. Why would you need a booster? I mean, I ain't the smartest or the sharpest knife in the draw. You dig what I'm saying? But. Why would I need a booster? What y'all didn't say nothing about the booster at first. Y'all told me this gonna keep me good. This here got me. I don't understand the booster tone. I don't. So it's certain things that, like I say, mama and certain people, they take them people as law. What them people say, we gotta stick by that. You know, they know what they're talking about. They ain't can't they can't just say anything what they believe. I don't call them saying anything, not about this, but about certain things. So it makes me question like it would with any other human being or entity that I deal with. Right. It's going to make me look at you a certain way. You understand? But he skipped past that. But that's very important. Those words, that label they put on them again. There's there's mothers, aunties. There's a whole slew of people that will never get on the Internet or Spotify or any of that and look at a podcast. But they will look at CNN. They will look at the news, right? Um, in Tokyo, in Japan, which is apparently uh, they're very conservative about the medication that they, they use and the medications that they uh, endorse. But the Tokyo Medical Association chairman held a live press conference recommending ivermectin to all doctors for all COVID patients. 
So what's going on with the, like, the, you know, it's kind of hard to, to figure out what's the truth in, in a lot of things. But with, with regard to this, people go, it's insane to take ivermectin. Like, yeah. you see it everywhere. Everyone's like, this is wild. Don't take this shit. And then you have the head of the fucking Tokyo whatever medical commission saying, take ivermectin. Yeah, like, I don't know I don't, what's going on, man. You know, there's a lot of speculation. One of the speculations involves the um, emergency use authorization. For the vaccines that in order for there to be an emergency use authorization there has to be no treatment mm -hmm. for a disease right so because there is this treatment in in ivermectin and mm -hmm. there's other treatments too right um because of this there's a lot of pushback against potential treatments and pretending that they don't really work or that they're conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. This is the this is the grand conspiracy, right? The grand right. conspiracy is that the pharmaceutical companies are all in cahoots to try to make anybody who takes this stuff look crazy. But what's crazy is look how better I got. Yeah. I got better pretty quick, bitch. Let's go to like your your whole experience. Yeah. So you get back from a trip, right? And is it that night do you arrive home and no or like on your way home you're like I don't feel so great. Um, well, you know, again, so that's that's that man. Again, they 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 got it. There's they say it's value in um placing him as non credible, it's almost like a witness in the case, right? Come on down, but our job is to make whatever you say not mean nothing. So, I'm saying so, um, we'll keep an eye out on that, but he got better and we don't know, so um. Again, prayers out to anybody that catch that disease. That's a deadly one, man. And uh, I'm trying my best to stay away from it because it's just detrimental. It's detrimental. And um, and we'll see what they do with the mandate. We'll take a quick break and um, we'll be back. Also, um, I, I also want to speak about something that, that, that took place with me um, or, or observation that I had here lately. Just, you know, being being the kind of individual I am, Right, and I just was was telling my kid, you know, um, you got to remain smart. You got to remain alive in the moment, look alive in the moment. So, <clears throat> in the community, right, with 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 law enforcement and with the black community, there's a um, there's some arrested development. The relationship between the two. It's been strained, to say the least, right? So what we're dealing with is a lack of communication. And then when communication is had, we're dealing with two different levels of understanding. Um, recently, I dealt with a situation where I had an opportunity to speak with a police officer that worked inside of uh, um, schools, right? So for me, that's it's always important for me to drop my game off on anybody that I speak with, right? Whatever, if I if I have some, some people I run across, I just listen. Sometimes you see me, I go into Bluetooth mode, I don't say a word. It's important for me to also do that because to learn, you got to live, and to live, you got to learn. You know, you got to always stay at the forefront of information, man, whether that be what you need to be eating, how you need to exercise, what you need to um, be doing to, to combat whatever's happening inside of your body, inside of your mind. That information is key to the quality of life, right? So anybody I bump into, I, I like to try to 
examine where they stand at. Because everybody has something I don't have. Right? And so, um, talking to the, 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 the police officer that works inside the school, he was explaining to me um, that his position in school, and the reason I was speaking to him is because there was a fight that took place. And the police officer decided to charge the kids with some sort of charge. I'm not sure if it was simple assault or disorderly conduct or whatever it may have been. Nonetheless, the children ended up receiving some sort of citation or citing or some sort of, you know, some sort of legal type of situation, right? And so I wanted to have a conversation with him just to understand the thought behind charging children that's 12 years old, right? I understand that at some point we got to talk law and order. But when we talk about, you know, a fight happening between two 12-year-olds or something, I wanted to understand where his mindset was. So I reached out to him, talked to him, and he jumped on the phone with me, and I ran my credentials down to him a little bit, told him a little bit about myself, and told him that I believed that him charging children that's in this situation in particular is an overcorrection. You know, I feel like he's reaching... You know, certain things overcorrect. It's the same way if you're driving a car, right, and they get out of control. If you overcorrect, you'll cause that car to flip. So there's a sweet way to, you know, get that back control of that car when it looks like it's going uh, haywire, right? So for me, uh, communicating with him, I understood one thing, more than one thing, but one thing, as soon as he started talking, I understood, is that he has no type of understanding of the culture, right? Because the the particular children that got into the situation, you know, as I talked to him, let me back up. I I, I talked to him. I said, well, "Could you could you help me understand? I believe you. I believe that that's an overcorrection, right?" And he said, "Yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll explain to you. I've been in law enforcement this amount of time. I always try to be nice to people." He said, um, "I ran into these two children on Tuesday." And I noticed they both dropped their bag and they ran up into each other like they was ready to fight, you know, and he stopped the fight. And he said, I came in right there and saved the day. I stopped the fight and I told the two children, let me explain something to you. If you two children get into a fight, you will be charged. And he left it at that and he went on about his business. Two days later, those two children did get into a fight. Right. It was interesting to me that he didn't see in that situation the same thing that I saw. Because in that situation, I, I saw a breakdown in, 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 in police work. I saw a breakdown in communication. Right. So when I reached out, I communicated to him. I think that's a bit much. And then he explained to me that situation. They ran into each other Tuesday. He saw him and I told him. And I'm expecting these kids to understand when I tell them something, that's the bottom line because Stone Cold says so. Right? This is the vibe I'm getting from him, so I cut into him. I said, you, you, you act like you on the street or you running a prison or a penitentiary. 
I said for me, it says less about the twelve-year-old children that got to fighting two days after they ran into each other, and more about the adult that chooses to bring forth charges on those type of situations. Seeing that you saw it, now I I made a scenario to him. I said let's take in consideration a few things when we talk about your ability to understand where you were. When this happened, you saw two children get to fight and you pulled them to the side. Now, let me tell you what he told me, which is very important and re- what really made me understand that he don't understand. He said, well, I got what I say something. They got a bad, bad. It ain't no ifs, ands or buts about it. It got to be done. And that's just it. He says, I'm like the, the school's parent. Right. I said, okay, I see what he's saying. You know, he's the police there. He's the last person to say he got to create a standard, right? Create some sort of order. I get that. I think nothing's wrong with the aim. I think the target is where we have some opportunity, right? So when you when you pull the kids in and tell them uh, after they get to fight and you pull them in, you say, listen, if you two get to fight and there's going to be a ch- I'm going to send you to jail. Or I'm going to charge you some sort of juvenile correction action type of situation. They leave and they get to fight. I tell him, I say, hey, man, what that says to me when I look at that situation is you feel. Right. They share responsibility, too. I expect them with a non-developed mind to do certain things that. I wouldn't consider to be the right thing. Right. The, 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 The mind isn't in a place to. Completely make all sound decisions and I, and I move with that understanding, right? So, but you on the other hand, Mr. 20 years in law enforcement, Mr. I'm going to do what I need to do because I'm the parent of the, the school. I say, you saw them about to fight Tuesday. You pulled some 12-year-olds in a room and told them you're going to charge them. Expect them to move with that. I said, listen, brother, if America right now has any reason to believe that you don't share the same beliefs as, as them and you're somewhere with a bomb or somewhere with something that where there may be some sort of attempt on some sort of problem, right? They're not going to look in and say, wow, he got a whole bunch of bombs and explosives and all this different stuff. Now, if you they're not going to look in and say, hey, man, I see all of that stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. If you go and attack and blow something up, we're going to charge you. No. They're going to do an investigation, take the, the weapons, try to talk to him and figure out what the issue is. All you did was pull 12 year olds in and said. Say, yo, if you guys do this, you're going to get cited. And see, and as the parent of the school, in your words, you don't see a problem when two kids about to fight and nobody can come to you and say, yo, bro, man, he trying to fight. He funny, bro. Yo, he trying to fight me. He on some, he hating on me. They can't talk to you. See, what, what, what white people don't understand, and I hate to generalize, but that's what's been done to me. And so that's how I've learned how to grade things, because that's how they do me. I've asked and I've asked to let me show you that I'm not like what you think or consider, seeing that your only black experience is some of these movies that you like to watch, 
some of these shows that that sheds light on us uh, emotionally reacting to things that maybe we don't have any experience with dealing with our emotions, right? So sometimes they throw us black people, and then you see us on the news. They looking for us because we shot four, five people about something that they would consider to be small. So it's all about morals, right? It's all about morals. In some countries, things that we do over here, they look at is what is that about? And we like like in Dubai, there's no public affection. There's no public affection. You can't be out there grabbing your girl and kissing her and just have that ain't you can't do that. We don't understand that over here. You could almost be naked in public over here and be cool. So I want you to understand morals and understand that based on where I'm at and where I come from, I'ma have a certain understanding of how I interpret things. That's just the way the, the the way the life works. But I tell him, as being the parent of the school, nobody able to talk to you. America wouldn't see that and do that to me. They would make sure that they try to intervene. And what y'all usually do, y'all get it wrong, white people. Y'all think that I'm gonna go grab this kid and I'm gonna cite him. At 12 years old. Because he had the nerve to say that to me. Well, when I cite him, you know, hopefully he learns from this. I say, when you cite him, see, this is the problem with y'all. What you do has an adverse reaction. What you think it's doing and what it's doing is two different things. What you putting into it. See, the market decides what the product is. I don't care what you think about it. You could think that I'm putting out this, but if they turn around and they using that to mix it with cocaine and it turns deadly, now that product is attached to that. So no matter if you made it thinking all about God and the right way and to do it, whatever the product is used for is what is what it will be labeled as. So when y'all do certain things, you think you're doing it. To, to, to trick the kid and tell him Well he's been arrested at 12 So he probably won't never get arrested again No what it does is It gives them a false reality of what it is to be in jail It gives them a false reality of what trouble is Because 9 times out of 10 I want to be clear that the juvenile system And the, and the adult uh, 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 judicial system Are light years away from each other even the, the, the facilities, the juvenile facilities and the prisons are two totally different things. So when a child is comfortable being in the, in the, in the juvenile, their mind, because it's undeveloped, tells them that it, it, that it, that it may be, uh, or, or, or what it really does is it tells them that I'm not, it ain't, it ain't that bad getting in trouble. It ain't that much. They ain't really doing nothing. So when you think it's creating fear, now the ending result may create fear, but this little slap on the leg y'all do, it, it gives a false reality. You understand me? And I say nobody can come talk to you as the as the as the parent of the school, nobody has to say, yo, bro, they they tripping, man. They talking about fighting. And he's everything I said he agreed with. But but I think his ego wouldn't allow him to understand. I said, bro, if it's really about those children, you can send a shockwave through that school. Right now, you can show that school that, yo, it's cool to come talk to officer such and such. 
He didn't do those two like that. All they did was come and hollered at him. And he said, man, why y'all didn't talk to me? I just ran into y'all Tuesday. You not dealing with convicts, home. You dealing with children. It's unfortunate that your approach is this. Like you, you must have was a failed cop. Because you really want to be out there arresting, you know, homeless people. And, you know, you want to, you, that's really what you fit. But you in a school, my brother. The fact that they wouldn't come talk to you, I even told them this could have been a deadly situation. What if somebody has a firearm in there and can't none of the kids come talk to you because they know your, your name attached to going to jail and no, no type of understanding. He just, he think he hardcore, shut it down when he come around. And it's unfortunate to see the school system work in such a way, right? But I got to school my children and I always make sure that he understands. Listen, stay smarter. Think. All you got to do is think. Most people they ain't thinking. Just take a little bit of time and think. Take yourself out yourself and look at yourself. Right? Because I told my son, I didn't have nobody to give me no game. I just, man, just clicked at some point. Because I was, for a long time, for a long, long time, I was lame. You know, I was getting a little money, but I didn't, I didn't know nothing like, I didn't have no info, I just were, other people lined up, other people was, you know, had plugs that just, you know, I just didn't have nothing really, but it clicked. And then I flew past everybody. And my loved ones now able to reach out to me. But I didn't have a man in my corner, like I'm on them young, I'm on them. I'm on them. You see what I'm saying? Letting them know certain things and understand certain things, right? So don't play. Be on top of your game. Don't let nobody trick you into doing nothing. Don't be the, the one that X yourself out. Don't, 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 don't. No, man, we swift. Yeah, we swift. We ain't one of them dumb ones. We swift. You understand me? And we take pride in being smarter than you boys. We take pride in it. So however smart you is, I got to go harder than you because I take pride in being the swiftest one or at least among the swiftest. I got to be among the smartest. I got to be because if I ain't that, I'm losing. You can, you can be the one amongst the strongest. You can have the muscles. You can have, I'm cool with y'all having all that. Let dollar sign have the smartest. Let me be over there with them boys. The ones y'all think look funny. They got glasses on and all that. Let me, let me be over there with them. You understand me? Because I know what they got going and I know the future lies in that area. I don't know where at because I ain't from that area. But I know the future don't lie in where we from. And long as I know that, my eyes is open to the promise to anywhere else. I'm trying to find it. Right? And bring it back to the village because the village... The way they got it set up, it just is it's a revolving door. But but again, I just hate to see that. Well yeah, you know, so so dealing with that just was rough. Um unfortunate circumstance. Um and just something that I just never had been a part of, you know, uh them being so lost in regards to um the after effects uh of what they do. And the shock wave that it sends through 
of the community, right? And so the communication barrier will always be our problem simply because we don't have any solution in place. We don't have anything in place to understand that we saying the same words, but we talking two different understandings, right? Because if I take him at his word, then when he says, hey, I'm trying to just kind of auto-correct this. And I'm saying that, yo, we, we have to correct them when they do things like this. We're saying the same thing. But his approach, see, they carry this certain approach with them, law enforcement. They carry the slave master approach. It's just, it's in the DNA of the writings of the, the, the curriculum. The slave master approach to whoop him when he get wrong, to beat him, to try to, you know, they carry this in their approach to us. It's no coincidence that um, we used to get whipped back in the day, and now they'll whip you now with a with a billy club. You know, uh, the, 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 they say the slave catcher is the policeman. Right, but that's a deeper darker. But what I'm saying is, in the DNA of law enforcement, we're dealing with a high level of slave master approach. Right, it's the it ain't the 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 understanding of I need to speak with him. I need to understand. I told the police one time in the hood, come through here other than arresting people, man. When y'all come through the hood, come through here and, and know people by name. Without arresting them, catch a catch a half ounce of weed on somebody and let them ride. Long as ain't no guns, pull up and smell weed and keep moving. Ain't nobody shot, nobody, ain't nobody being hurt. Ain't no like this, like what we like, you know. But again, it's no understanding, and they gonna have to take some beatings to come through there. Like, I seen a lot of people when the crate challenge was going on. I seen the police go up on the top and somebody just come and kick it. He didn't know right there could have started a war. But I'm going to have to give a little credit to that policeman by just getting up, giving him a hug, and getting out of there. Because it wasn't about that police officer. This is about everything that's been happening. And unfortunately for them, some of them, they got to they gotta well what they counterparts done and also they do stand behind a system that um a lot of times oftentimes more times than we would like to accept or mention railroads the black man in such a way where it's un uncorrectable at this point that i can see what's been done to us and and the view of us has been placed in a position that i just if we don't do it, it'll never be done, right? So anyway, it's important to get that game out. And I wanted to talk about that, man, because, um, again, just being something that I went through, something that struck me as, damn, what is that about? You know what I mean? Um, and making me just think. I also want to talk about, I, I want to talk about the, the this thing that's running around, um, dinner with Jay-Z. Would you take dinner? Would you take a dinner with Jay Z for fi or five hundred thousand dollars? A lot of people are saying they'll take the dinner with Jay Z. I want to say they got to be some of the dumbest people in the world. Respectfully to Jay Z, you know we respect your hustle. Your hustle is king. It, it's it's in a good place. We don't got to keep saying that, and that's the last time I'm gonna communicate that. 
But for you to think I want to eat I won't eat For 500k for a day Tell me I eat dinner with Jay I won't eat for Send the 500k I'm going on fasting for three days Tell me I eat with Jay Z for Or 500k We ain't that thirsty for the What y'all be See that's why I say And then on the internet It's able to live right And this is all respect to to the Jay-Z's and all of y'all We got a lot of love for y'all And you know Y'all providing opportunities In, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the In the lane that I'm in So I'll be dumb to um, Close off myself from that But speaking truth The power is always going to be what brings quality content And so I stand on the side of the creator In that But with that being said Ain't nothing Jay-Z Can tell me at a dinner that's going to change my life outside of I'll, I'm ready to sign you. So what I'm saying is we're going to have to have a lot more conversation than that dinner. And I'm not sure that I'm going to perform at such a level at a dinner that's going to make this dude. Right. I don't They're like, come on, like, yo, fam, you ain't got no faith in yourself. She did the problem. You ain't having no faith in yourself. You rather sit across from somebody eating then take 500 laws. I find it funny because the internet again is a place where all things can be true. So there's a certain section of people saying you crazy boy you better take that dinner. You know the game he going to give you. Say slime he ain't giving no game out over dinner. The kind of game he got you can't get over dinner. One dinner, you can't tap into the kind of game you you need to be trying to get from no Jay-Z. So I think y'all mindset be off in regards to your approach to things. How you don't want to have a million? You want to go eat dinner with somebody, anybody. Again, I go on fasting for the 500K. We ain't got to do the dinner with nobody. I won't have dinner for 500K. So miss me with that. And he, he even title came out. Like Jay told him about Jay probably said they funny for saying that. Title just came out. Say, bro, take the 500K. Like you sounding crazy, man. Take the 500K. Take the 500K, my boy. Don't play yourself. Hey, um, so I want to talk about Evander Holyfield. Um, for those of you who don't know, Evander Holyfield just had a fight with Victor Bellafort um, from the MMA. Um, I think this fight came out of a situation in which uh, Mike Tyson bagged out of uh, doing those fights over. Um, so what I think took place, and of course I don't know this to be the case, I'm just kind of examining based on the current moves and the current place they, they landed at. Um Looks like that it was supposed to be Holyfield Tyson for a couple of fights. And then they would, um, you know, maybe spin off and give Holyfield maybe one with Riddick or someone else. Uh, Riddick or someone else to uh, even things out. Um, but I think he may have had a two or three fight type of deal. Now, what happens is after the last fight with Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, Tyson bagged out. Tyson instantly said, yo, this not for me. I'm not, I don't like this. This ain't my thing. Y'all ain't nothing. This ain't cool. And I want you to always remember Tyson is a millionaire without doing that at this point. 
Um, I, I was telling my old lady the other day, I say, you know something that's consistent with a lot of the heavyweight boxers? They all get rich and a rapper gets their home, you know. Um, Tyson was able to catch a second win, but a lot of these guys, they, for me, my understanding, it's almost like they lack that, you know, because you got to think Holyfield career, son. Holyfield took some... Holyfield got hit hard, hard. Him and Riddick Bowe went two, three fights. Him and Tyson, two, three fights. I think he went with Lennox. He was, and he was a brawler. He wasn't one of them petty boys. He was in there, let's get it. Right? So, um, it was always crazy to see him in there fighting. Now, um, Tyson again, like I said, all these guys seems to lack the seems like their brain power. They like they knocking the brain power out of them, and they don't be. It's like they're not making sound decisions. Because for you to see Holyfield that age doing this, it's only one thing that makes that be the case. It's a money grab. It's a money grab. But for me, it shows you Holyfield and a lot of these. They don't got no game. Here you is with a legacy attached to your name. 60 years old. You ain't told nobody in the family. Listen, I don't care who it is in the family. Name your son after me and bring him to me. I'm going to train him a little bit even if I didn't train him. We're going to put him out there like he, he young me. And I'm going to Alonzo Ball this thing all the way to the finish line. It's sad to see Paul Paul had to get up 60 and train six, seven weeks by talking about fighting. Say, man, you gonna, man, you gonna, man, you can't do that, man. You can't do that, dog. You 60 years old. Ain't no way you feel. Yes, Paul Paul. Say that's Paul Paul, man. But when he walking out there, what they're saying to me is, it show you that I ain't had no game. Here I am, 60. Paul Paul still got a laces boost up. Get out there and fight to bring some money in. I ain't got now nobody's need. I mean, nobody nephew, nobody's son, no grandson, nobody that we done tricked with the name. We ain't never used the name and act like this. Yo, look, Alonzo Ball, I got to always give props to him. That's how you work your move. For your, for your sons Or to keep your legacy going You keep your legacy going Holyfield you don't put that much work in To let the legacy die And it ain't dying because you ain't who you are But once they remove you Then what You supposed to been cranking that up You supposed to been out saying Yo y'all need to check out my nephew Lil Evander Holyfield I've trained him since he was one day old I had boxing gloves on him Dude didn't even start boxing till he was 16 but I got to keep his legacy going. These folk got to keep living like this. And at the end of the day, it's entertainment. It's just sad to see 60-year-old come out there like that. And then when I seen him, just me having game, it's so many observations that I'm peeping. You know, he come down to the, to the court. I'm sorry, to the ring. Nine times out of ten when you look there, right, you'll see a, a boxer at he's bouncing. And my mother put me in boxing, thankfully, as a young man. So you see a boxer and he's bouncing. He's trying to remain loose and just remain, you know, just 
Holyfield walked out there like he walked into the kitchen to get a bill. Flat-footed. No type of, it wasn't no type of nothing, just flat-footed. He got in the ring, and I was telling my old lady, I said, he still ain't giving me no bounce. Other dude already, he giving you his bounce because he's getting ready to fight. You know, they might crack the, giving you a little bounce. Holyfield just sitting there like, yeah. I said, he didn't come to fight. I don't know what he come to do, but he didn't come to fight. Cause that ain't that ain't gonna that ain't I know Holyfield. I'm a boxer. I look at this. I know this dude. I watch this man. So it's like he didn't come to thump. So when they get in there, within what one minute the fight's over with. Dude hit him with a see. Dude come out knowing old oh, man. I'm coming fighting. I'm just finna hit hit hit. He hitting gloves. Hitting through gloves. He doing all kind of. So he just trying to hit hit hit. What that does is it places Holyfield in a situation where you can't set up. So he catch Holyfield with an uppercut. Holyfield go down. First round, look, boom, go down. He get back up. He probably said to himself, this fight's over. I'm not going through that. Eight rounds, I'm not doing it. So he was just kind of blocking like, and they called the fight. He, it seemed like he felt slighted. And only reason why... I could entertain the fact that he 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 may have been slighted is because right at the end they start calling out Jake Paul and I'm like hold on how do you know who's going to win to call out Jake Paul at the end what if he would have lost and this is a big deal cuz y'all have 30 million dollars set to the side they say, hey, $30 million for Jake Paul. Come on, the Triller on uh, November to something. $30 million, winner take all. I say, up, oh, no deal. Why would a dude that build their name up go do a winner take all? I build my name up and have the possibility of going home with nothing? That doesn't make sense. So it's almost like, they know he won't come, so I'm going to put this out in this manner on some PR-type vibes. Because ain't nobody doing a winner-take-all, son. I'm not. Nobody's doing that after they build that wing. Both ain't got no name, winner-take-all. But if I got a name and I'm selling pay-per-views and tickets, I'm not doing a winner-take-all. It wouldn't make sense to do that. So that's the only reason why I would think that it may have been rigged or fixed. Still got to get to the Drake. Um, I want to talk about too though. Being a, because uh, again, you know, certain things happened in the last couple of days that caused me to examine what people are saying online. One thing I noticed and was consistent online was I saw that people were saying. Um, especially the baby mamas of inspiring rappers. And inspiring rapper don't mean broke. A broke rapper is a different thing. Like a rapper that don't got no money, no hustle or nothing. I think they may deserve a certain level of criticism. I agree that with you, right? But an aspiring rapper that's actively spending money in the rap game, maintaining life, don't need nobody for nothing, balling, doing what he want, he still can get hated on by his baby mama. He still can get slandered, not even just by his baby mama, but by haters. They can see the progress, and they ignore it. 
They can see the growth and they ignore it. The way they view you, the way they receive you, right? And a lot of times they know the truth. Let's be clear. But they understand that they can't forfeit the, the fight for the hate. They can't forfeit the hate. They got to live and die with that. You know, they can't say congratulations. I know dudes that I grew up with. I know people that been on my platform, been on my shows and things like that. They may have felt a certain kind of way based on what I did with my product, with my show. I'm building something, a fan base, a following. They may have felt the way. And now they, they, you know, it's just with this show shit, with this fame shit, with this shit, just a lot come with it. But I hate to see a failed stripper criticize a failed rapper. They got to be one of the funniest fights that you ever want to see. And I'm a comedian. I want to always remember to place that out there for, for, for criticism purposes, for those who's going to criticize me. Right? So... A failed stripper and a failed rapper. It be the girls that literally have got old and stripped. And sometimes go home. Well, see, this is the thing they don't tell you about the strip life. This is the thing they don't share with y'all. And now I ain't talking about the bad bitches. I ain't talking about the bad bitches that's constantly booked and busy and, and doing their thing. I ain't talking about them. I'm talking about the ones, the struggling ones. They get a good night sometime when Tim Boss call him. He might let him get in on something as the C or D leg. Right? You understand me? Or they may get a good photo shoot with this dude because he might feel like he want to do something here and that. Right? They, they, they making a little something happen. But they, got, they still got nights where they come home with $200, $130, $40. And them be the ones that criticize the rappers. The aspiring rappers that might have done spent 300000 in the rap game. You know, because the ones that's getting money, the stripper girls that's getting money, they done got swift and started to get on the rappers before they really, really get on. Because they know how this works. But the dumb ones are the ones that's operating with hate. They go to hating on the ones that's trying to get on. Then they get on and they don't mess with you. Now you one of the haters that they got every time they come in this little area. See, I got a couple of them. I done noticed. I got a couple of haters planted in certain little areas. Right? And I don't care about them. They don't bother me. They, they doing what they do. Right? But. They planted in certain little areas. And every time I get over here to this area, I can tell everybody watching me. Because I got one of them haters done said something. But they eyes is telling them, something ain't had nothing about what they saying. Something is. And I don't never budge. I'm upright and independent in real life. So ain't nothing they can do or say to bother me. You know what I'm saying? Only thing they can do is initiate war, and then is is then you know whatever happened after that. That's just what the situation is. I hate to say that, but that's just how things work. You know, but um, you can't you can't you can't slander a rapper, and you took forty two dollars home three times this week. You know what I'm saying? You can't call a dude broke that's hustling, spending his money in the rap game or on his business. Or y'all folks be crazy out here, man. Like y'all don't 
Like y'all don't appreciate That's why I love certain cities and states Because they appreciate hustle They see what you trying to do They support They say yo you Yo Certain little towns It's raggling down through there In regards to how they uh, Receive They own Trying to get on It's raggling They raggling man Like they ain't really having no love for nothing And it's cool Because I hustle around them I've, 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 I've hustled in the street all my life I got rich without 30% of the people knowing me even though I was getting down. I was hustling without them even knowing. 40, maybe 50%. Then it got to a point where 90% of people didn't know. Now it ain't, it ain't no hustling going on. But I'm just trying to tell you, uh, I, always move in, I always move that way. I always need a couple of people around here saying I don't got nothing. I, I, that's a part of the plan. That's part of the plan. But see, that supreme game, a lot of people won't understand that. Because I've, I've been, I'm going to tell you this. I've been hated on by some people that, that ain't done nothing in 20 years. And to me, it'd be shocking. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm moving. I'm moving and grooving. Like right now. Popping. Popping. And y'all hating on me, talking about this and that. And then... Certain people, like when you strip homegirl, if it was me and y'all was stripping at my joint, I just tell them, I just tap the dude that about to give y'all the money. Say, fam, just go take your little 18, uh, put it in our pocket, don't even throw that. Take your little 18, put it in our pocket, don't even throw that, huh? Nigga, I done seen some of y'all videos and it been $9 on the ground and four girls with they little stripper outfit on with the fake Gucci stripper outfit on. It's four, five of y'all down there busting it. It's $8 down now. And y'all talking about the rap guy that's hustling and spending his money. Again, salute to my real ones that they see the rap guy on his grind. They say, oh, he might be next. And I like his music. I'm showing him love. I got plenty of bad ones right now showing me love. Show them love. When I'm in their town, they get whatever. It's cool. Let's party. Let's have a good time. I'm going to show you love. You real. You gangster. You see what I'm doing. You appreciate it. I see what you're doing. I appreciate it. Real recognize real. One hand wash the other. Both wash the face. But it be y'all that, that, that ain't really. Yeah, you be. Yeah, I'm sick of you. And you know. I try not to talk about it a lot because it it, it it may not be a worldwide issue, but we'll see if it is or not. Um, I want to take some time out, too, and speak about Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. Number one, I want to give some flowers to Stephen A. Smith simply because this thing we do with words, right or wrong, right? Because a lot of the homeboys, and this is part of the value he brings, he sends that shockwave through and have people... Uh, going back and forth about things or back and forth about something he may have said. Not even the game. His take on the game carries a cut. You know what I mean? So that's powerful. But with these words, he's one of those ones that can do this thing that we do. And um, with him being on first take, I, I want people to know who's, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're listening to this and don't know who Stephen A. Smith is. Nonetheless, I'll give you a rundown. Stephen A. Smith is the guy on first take on ESPN. I think he makes $10, $11 million a year, although I do feel um, the same way as Joe Budden feels in regards to he is overworked for that amount of money. He, he even broke down how many takes he's had. So he's keeping up with this. 
And that's just on that show. But what they told me was he's doing science on what he what he's doing as well in regards to what he's contributing and the contributing factors in regards to the show. Um, we're dealing with someone that's highly favored in regards to Disney ESPN. He since he came there, the show's been number one. The show's continued to be number one. But there was rumblings behind the scenes that he may have wanted Max Kellerman off the show. We're going to hear him address what he said about Max Kellerman. And then we're going to uh, break down exactly what was said. So we'll play what he said. Let's go. From first take. Well, the rumor's accurate in terms of me wanting him off the show. Let's get that out the way. Uh, yes, I did. Um, you know, we don't have a bad relationship. Uh, I think he's a real good guy. Um, I appreciate what he did for the show. Uh, we were number one for five years. Uh, we stayed number one, and I appreciate that. Uh, but what a lot of people don't realize is that the work that goes into doing the show uh, every single day. And the reality is, is that we have 15 segments a day, 75 segments a week, um, over 3,000 takes a year. In the nine years that I've been on first take, I've given over 33,000 takes. And what a lot of people don't realize is that not just the work that goes into that, but also the fact that it's a chemistry that you have. And sometimes it just stalls and the audience lets you know that it is what it is. And you feel the need for something fresh. You feel the need to retool. And the reason why I'm unapologetic about my position is that number one, it's no knock against him personally, his professionalism, his work ethic and all of that other stuff, his talent. Uh, it's not like, um, I wanted the guy to be fired or anything like that. I knew that there were landing spots for him available at this network uh, that would generate just as much, if not more revenue for him and all of that other stuff. And it wasn't really about asking him to be off the show. It was about the fact that I knew that we together, uh, as far as I was concerned, was not a great partnership anymore. And that was something that needed to change. And we cover the world of sports. And this is where I, I maybe I stand on an island all by myself and saying this, but I'm absolutely flabbergasted that people will react the way that they do in terms of stuff like this, because we covered the world of sports. Yes. Brady and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Pete. You hear a man that's talking from a boss position, a fake boss position though. Not the boss position where he can make the move, but where he has the cachet to be valuable in the place. He's an asset, not a liability. So now these are two assets going at it. These are two people that bring a number one show on the network going at it. Right? So there's a lot of things I want to examine um, about this. Let's listen to a little more. Let's listen to a little bit more to Stephen A. Smith. Ebro, they're an aberration because they're returning all 22 starters and the entire coaching staff and all of that stuff. John Madden did that as well. But when you're trying to win and win for a long period of time, you don't stand still. You know, championship squads change all the time. And so for me, um, I remember in 2012 where first take was on the verge of cancellation and Skip Bayless asked me to come on board. And we come, I come on board and a month later, we go number one at nine years ago. 
and we were number one for four years. And then Max comes on board and we nine, we number one for five years. Well, that means I've been number one for nine years. It means I got a pretty good idea about what I'm doing when it comes to this show and what's necessary in order for it to work. And so for me, you know, when I first spoke to Max about stuff years ago, I said, Joe, man, we doing this more than three years together. It's a problem. You know, because I'm always looking to mm-hmm. expand, to move on, to diversify my portfolio and to make things happen. And I, it, it, you, you'll be hard pressed for me to say to you after three years, we should be together for longer than that. Let's ride this wave. Let's be number one and we'll go from there. But we weren't number one for three years. We extended it to five. And so and so, well, what I hear what I hear you saying is that you are uh, you believe change is how you keep things fresh. Yep. Uh, You believe uh, that. No, you're basically saying that no one is permanent on first take. Whatever it takes to keep it fresh is what's going to happen. Yes. That's what I. That's what I'm. That's and so this is not. This has nothing to do with Max. This has everything to do with how you see keeping things fresh and entertaining. Absolutely, and then not only that, it also wasn't my decision. Um, you know, I gave my recommendation. They ask it, I tell it. Every single year, when the season, you know, when the NBA season comes to an end, the bosses ask me where I stand. And for the last three years, I said, "This is where I stood." For the last and three. not only so you've I, been consistent with the position that we need to evolve yeah. the program. We need a new energy for the last three years. Not but they're going to take your recommendation, oh, right? Oh, or they, well, let me say this to you. Not just that. I also told Max that. Right. How, did, how did Max react to that? He disagreed with me. And he disagreed with me three years ago. He disagreed two years ago. He disagreed this time. We've always understood where we stand with, with each other. And he also knew that it was... But see, he's disagreeing based on the numbers. You know, my first question to myself was, and with all due respect to Max Kellerman, I think he also is a special talent in that space uh, in regards to communication. Uh, in the sports world, boxing especially, I really like him in boxing. But it's, it's some staples in all of these commentary slots, man. Um, so shout out to everybody doing commentary. Again, I think um, Max Kellerman... Number one, next to Stephen A, that that workload is a bit easier, right? The visibility of him and his brand may go down after the departure uh, from first take. Nonetheless, the money will still be there. Now, how long will the money still be there? Will we be dealing with a long stretch of him still getting $5 million, $10 whatever the case may be? That's yet to be seen. Um, My other question was... um, you must know the feel of a creator, right? For for it to be working and for him to be itching for to get you out of there. That's very interesting. I think something maybe was going on that is maybe not mentioned there. Because if we're number one, if we're, you know, cordial, um, why would why would he want to change? That's my first question. Then I started to ask myself. Scratch that. It don't matter why he wants to change. The fact of the matter is he wants to change. You know, that's just the facts. Um, then I said, you know, when I hear Stephen A. Smith, someone that, that uh, speaks so eloquently, when, when I hear him speak about for the last three years, I went in and said this and said that and told him where I stand and told him how I felt and told him what, what I looked at it like. 
to no avail with no results. See, everybody's talking about Max Kellerman being fired. I'm more so looking at um, now I, I see Kwame and some people saying it's suckerish that you advocate for someone to be fired. And I understand that position. I, I get it. I want to more so speak to the other side, though. I want to more so speak to the side of things that says, how long do you think a white man would have had to ask for a black man to be removed? I see some people I know that work in corporate America that's fired over some of the most simplest things. Some of the most, I just saw an Amazon employee uh, be called, you know, nigga and not his name for walking on the lawn by an Amazon manager. They didn't fire him until social media got behind it. So, I wonder how long will a black man be in that position where the white dude is asking and saying, yo, I think we need to go in a different direction. And he's top dog, man. I just think things are drying up. Everybody's changing. The landscape changing. Yo, y'all. It's affecting my brand. I think this ain't giving us what, what it should be giving us. And they don't move. They don't move. They don't move. We talk about Stephen A. They call him for every little thing. But yet and still, he don't have enough power to make his environment where he's been number one for nine years. Where he's been top dog for five years. He don't feel as though he can say. Yo, I need the show to go in this direction for me to feel comfortable or, or continue to perform at a high level. 33,000 takes in the last five years and still not enough cachet to say I'm uncomfortable in this situation. I actually think I can do better than what I'm doing if you provide me with the leg room and still can't get it done. Still can't get it done. I don't advocate for firing anyone or, or ever really. I think it should be the network's decision, but I also know what it's like being a creator in a bubble and, and you have to perform at a high level with people you may not uh, care for, uh, for, for lack of a better term. Um, so so that's just that's just a, a way I looked at it. Very interesting, man, um, with Stephen A. Smith. Let's listen to a little more. personal and it was nothing against him as a talent i got a lot of respect for max and i genuinely like max as a person but i just didn't feel that you know moving forward he and i together was the right call and i said that to the bosses they disagreed with me a few times in the past evidently this time they understood and they made the move so you know like i say it's important to understand uh, who is who in these buildings, in these offices, on these cameras, on these mics. A lot of people blend in as the who's who's, but they really not the who's who's. And I think it's important for the people to understand that. Let me let me revisit the Drake and Kanye argument. Um, I see a lot happening in regards to sales numbers. Uh, you know, Kanye's camp is trying to put a five something number out saying it dropped on Sunday. It's, it's a lot going on um, in regards to numbers. They're playing a numbers game to try to see who ca came out on top or who's coming out on top. Um, interesting to see. With Drake doing, I think, right up under what Scorpion done, I think he did 631. With him doing that, 
Um, I need for people to understand the gravity of what just happened. Right? Kanye West went to four, five, six, seven, eight different cities and put his game down. He flew into Chicago and Atlanta and got some of the biggest stadiums, some of the best people, and placed himself in a situation to shift what we know to be a rollout in regards to music is concerned. Drake put an emoji cover up, did no interviews, no promo, no marketing, dropped and doubled those numbers. I need you to understand that Drake could have broke his numbers, and I'll tell you how. With the music business being in its current form, there's a certain way that they trick the numbers, right? What they do is they put some a record out until one of them catches on. When that record catches on, they then take the ISRC code, transfer that to the ISRC on the album, Count those streams toward that record. Now, take in mind, this single could have been out two years prior. So all the numbers he got for those two years still count towards that first week. Right? So this is part of what a lot of people is doing. You got to remember, Drake did have a record with, with Dirk that went crazy. Drake had a couple of other records that, that, that was kind of big that would have pr- put those numbers Further over a scorpion, but he failed to do so simply because he wanted to just fight him with with what he had there. You know, um, this business is set up for you to take advantage of that. And they didn't and still sold 631. So I need to be clear with that and need people to really understand what's happening. I mean, it's a pity war going on. It's a pity war going on. These two individuals are going at each other just it's just petty wars. Universal is getting rich. Everybody's getting richer. So, uh, it's, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Now, if I was Drake, I would have reached out to that engineer. Maybe not me, but had one of, one of the homeboys that maybe four, five, six lines down to try to weasel him out of coming to work over here and keep him isolated from any information that really means anything. But I will be playing checkers in that way. Um, I also want to speak more about that Andre 3000 verse and Andre 3000 space in the culture. That dude is a monster. When I say monster, when I say monster, you dealing with a monster, man. I'm talking about you dealing with a guy who I don't think um, is in, on the same planet as maybe 99.5% of rappers. You know what I'm saying? His ability to do it and do it in a way where he got so many different sounds and styles. It's just, it's crazy. You dig what I'm saying? So, um, that's that's dope. That's dope. Now, with that Andre 3000 thing, I think that verse embarrassed Kanye. I think that embarrassed Kanye. Because if he is, you know, what's the name? He trying to keep it on the low. And for that to get out out of his camp, it's like, yo, who done that? He probably firing people. and He probably on the back end mad about that. But I wonder how most people weigh it up. Like, do you weigh it up and say, that Kanye West, what Drake did to Kanye West in regards to dropping that Andre 3000 verse was up to the same level of what Pusha T done to 
Drake when he released the information about him having the kid and the blackface thing because it's almost like those things are were supposed to be the same thing. So I wonder where y'all put them at. Y'all tell me where y'all put them at. Where, where, where do they rank to y'all? Do you rank Drake releasing that Kanye West this unbeknownst to Kanye without with the reference this type track with Andre three thousand on the same level of Pusha T. Dropping uh, the fact that Drake had the baby and the Adidas rollout, kind of stepping on that. Y'all, let us know in the comments. But I just want to, I, I just want to, again, just just to summarize, you know, my point here. Drake damn near had no single, no promotion, no marketing. He did six thirty one. Kanye West, he had, he damn near spent no money. Drake, he damn near spent no money and did six thirty one. Kanye West made money because he turned. Him spending money into an event. But Kanye West was going to spend money on marketing either way. He just turned his spending for marketing into an event. Which consequently landed him getting money for that. Which is dope. Dope. You turn your rollout into even more revenue. Now, does that affect the sales? We don't know. Nonetheless, I need you to understand the difference between that. On top of that, Drake could have threw the little dirt song on the album and maybe boosted it another 50,000 units um then he could have been real cheesy and took a couple of those records that may have been working a little bit and threw them on there he didn't do that so understand what you're dealing with you're dealing with a fresh palette spending nothing selling 631 versus Kanye going all around doing listening events having everybody you know so it's a different thing shout out to both of those dudes I want to say this Anything look like an opportunity when you starve. But you got to be the individual to know the difference between an opportunity and an investment. Certain things take more from you than they give to you. When we talk about opportunities, a lot of times we talk about what we get in response of. When we talk about investments, a lot of times we talk about what we put into something. There's a time to make an investment in certain things, and then there's times to to make a withdrawal for certain things. The sweet science is understanding when to do both, how to navigate through. I'm not perfect. I know nothing, right? I'm just somebody trying to understand this game that I'm in now with podcasting. One thing I know that's for certain, one thing I know that's for certain is that they ain't doing too much love, Sean. It ain't too many niggas with the kind of fabric that'll have them lend a hand to somebody that's uh, in a situation to spend money. We ain't broke or begging or starving or stealing. We in this game trying to figure this out. And we all talk black power and we all try to figure out what the best circumstances is to feed our family without putting ourselves in a circumstance to be took from our family. Because we all know the easy way is, is the easiest way to get took away. This podcast is supported by Morgan Stanley. At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. To help you see untapped possibilities and relentlessly work with you to make them real. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. 
All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.